It is a delight <laughs> to have with us all the way from uh, Canada. So uh, Pastor Sam Pickin, I want to tell you a little bit about him. It's just a delight to have him with us here on this day. Uh, Pastor Sam was born in Gippsland, Victoria, about an hour and a half from where I was born. So good things come from Gippsland, Victoria, as was Josh, who also was born in Gippsland, Victoria. So there's, there's a little bit of a vibe going on here. And uh, he got uh, saved, I think, as a teenager. And he'll tell us a bit of his story. Got involved, ended up at Bible College at C3SYD uh, and being set on fire to plant a church. Uh, married a beautiful lady, Jess, and they moved to Toronto. I think it's nine or ten years ago. Would that be right? Uh, barely knew anybody in Toronto to plant a C3 church, an urban city church to reach young adults. And uh, the favor and blessing of God has been on this church under their dynamic, passionate leadership. And th their church has had explosive growth. Uh, they've been through... Uh, hell with COVID over the last uh, couple of years. I think you said 83 weeks you met online in a row. Okay, so that would be soul crushing. How many people know? And so their church is like many churches in a rebuilding zone right now. But these guys, they've got the goods. They, they love our movement. They love Jesus. And I was delighted when uh, Pastor Sam told me I'm coming through. And can we have you be here? Because, you know, when I look around the world at uh, emerging leaders in our movement and look at who's really got the touch of God, a spirit of faith on them, then uh, Sam is a standout as a great man of God. So I want you to stand to your feet, C3 Powerhouse, put your hands together and welcome Pastor Sam Piggin. Amen, amen, amen. Come on, give Jesus a clap offering. Come on, God is good. Amen, you can be seated everybody. Welcome everybody watching online. I see you. I hope you're there. I hope you're leaning in, turning off all the distractions and taking notes and getting excited about Celebration Sunday. It is really awesome to be here with you today. And I'll just give you a little prelude uh, for tonight. So tonight, uh, I really know that the miraculous is going to be in the room tonight. So if you are in need of a miracle, whether it's relational, financial, or physical, uh, or uh, you know someone that needs a miracle, bring them tonight. Bring them tonight. So if you're watching online and you weren't able to be here this morning, come back tonight. And this is such an awesome place to be at C3 Powerhouse. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Thanks, Ben. You guys can uh, sit down and get ready to give big. <laughs> so good. So good. Listen, Pastor John and Danielle are the best, the best, the best. Not just because you're from Gippsland, and it's amazing to ha see. There's, some, there's been some amazing, great people uh, come out of our humble little region. Uh, but there's something that I want to tell you about Pastor John and Danielle is they are someone that has always experienced amazing blessing because they honor. They are, they are truly people that come under covering, and there is something really amazing about the way they are, and they embody this, and it's rare. It's actually rare. Coming under covering, and uh, some people say, you know, it's submitting to authority and all that kind of stuff, but I just really see that there is an anointing and an oil that flows down from the top when you come under, and you bless people that have gone before you paved the way, and there's certain fights you don't have to fight, and there's certain blessing that you inherit that you actually 
actually didn't even pay the price for. And I know that by you and I coming under this covering, that there are certain fights that you actually never know that you that were fought before you by Pastor John and Danielle. And, and there are certain blessings that you and I get to experience because of who they are. And, uh, and I think it's a really sad thing in in you know our day and age when you know we we neglect and even I, I'm 37 but uh, so I don't consider myself that young anymore but but when uh, younger generations just don't see the benefit of coming under covering and I just want to tell you and encourage you that whenever you feel that little thing inside your spirit inside your heart that's like I don't know if I trust this or I don't know if I want to you know maybe there's a little cynicism that rises up and that's normal listen that's completely normal uh, especially when we see all around the world we can see different leaders whether it's in politics or whatever, we just don't know how much to trust other people. But I want to tell you that, A, place your trust in God. And when you do that, He will put an agreement on your heart to place your trust in other people and the people that He appoints and He anoints. And I have known Pastor John and Danielle for getting on 20 years nearly now. Like 2003 was when I went to Bible college. And so, uh, and, and they are just absolutely incredible people. So this, if this is your day one as C3 Powerhouse, I want to tell you this is a house you can trust. Amen. Why don't you give, give God some praise? Amen. So it's awesome. So like everyone, our pandemic was bananas. I know I'm from Canada, but I still have an Australian accent. So I still, I don't say bananas. Banana, I don't even know how to say it like a Canadian. Uh, but this is, actually, I'll show you a photo of my family. Uh, if you had that, my family, I got three young kids. Um, yep, there you go. So this is Noah, Kenzie, and Ayla. Noah's eight, Kenzie's five, Ayla's three, and this is my beautiful wife, Jess. This is last month. We were in Mexico for a little celebration trip. I just finished a master's program, and so we were away celebrating that. Noah can solve an Rubik's Cube in under two minutes. He's like, he's the brainiac. Uh, uh, Kenzie is like the sparkly warrior girl. She's like, you know, she'll scoot down the street with grazed knees and everything, but she'll be wearing like a tutu while she does it. And then Ayla is just, well, she's potty training right now. It's crazy. Uh, she picks up the potty and she like praises herself. She says, well done, Ayla. And she, but she carries it to the toilet and there's like stuff spitting out everywhere. And then our dog licks it up after she, <laughs> it's true. We have now become pet owners. I've promised my wife like 15 years ago when we first got married that she could get a dog and we only just bought it this year. I managed to hold off. Turn your Bible to Matthew chapter 26, and this is going to be uh, such an incredible Sunday. Vision Builders, we do Vision Builders at our church in Toronto. Uh, we've always done it since the beginning of our church, and it's amazing. Do you know, uh, giving sacrificially, it's essentially worship. That's what it is. You are a worshiper. You, human beings are the only living, breathing mammals on the planet that worship. Animals don't worship. You and I worship. We were created to worship. Even if you don't know God, Yahweh God, even if you don't know God, any human being that's alive worships. The Australians, the people that you walk past, the Malubalabanites that we... I just, that's, that's not an easy town to say. It's like my town, Tarelgan, T-R-A-R-L-G-O-N. It's, it's fun. And so uh, we, were, we all worship. 
We worship, doesn't matter if you're a shopaholic and your temple is the mall. It doesn't matter if, you know, it doesn't matter what you worship. We are all created to worship. And whatever we worship, where our treasure is, our heart is as well. And so our treasure is the direction of our worship. And God is always looking for our heart. He doesn't need our money, but He needs our heart. And it's very important that we understand and that our money understands that we don't worship it, but it is a tool for worship. Amen. Amen. So this is Vision Builders is like the ultimate worship experience, believe it or not. It's like, it's just a place where we see sacrifice and something that can really take hold of our lives. And especially through the pandemic, and it has been bananas, that it's been challenging. And everybody watching online would understand that it's, it's been challenging for us. We were three locations and, uh, you know, a few thousand people meeting together as a church uh, in the Toronto area. And we, you know, we're hitting a stride and, you know, the C3 movement was hitting a stride. We're about to celebrate a presence conference in 40 cities all around the world. And we got one done. And then all of a sudden it was like March 12 hits. And I don't know where you were on March 12th. Actually, March 12th, when, the, when we had the announcement of the pandemic, that's my daughter, Ayla. That's her birthday. My daughter was born on the day that we, I was watching, you know, we're like the hippie family. We had, uh, at, we had home births and so Jess is at home and uh, I see someone clapping. Awesome. Bless you. I, I, it's kind of nice, actually. I get to go down and have snacks from the fridge and just, <laughs> it's the price we pay. And, uh, and so, you know, we, I'm scrolling and getting announcements that we're getting shut down for a three-week curve. You know, we're going to flatten the three-week curve. I'm like, what, can, what are we going to do in three weeks? I've never missed church more than, like I was the growing up in, in the church and even on vacation we would go and find a church. And, uh, and you know, I was thought, what's going to happen? So we like quickly had an emergency meeting with our connect group leaders and we're like, listen, you know, no longer am I the pastor of this church. You are going to pastor the church now through, the, through this three week pandemic. Fast forward, 86 Sundays, 86 Toronto, we were meeting in high schools and the high schools were closed and we, 86 Sundays of lockdown and we had an Easter where I'm in the studio, there's 10 people in the studio and I'm preaching into a camera wondering if there's anyone there and, and then the power goes out. And in the studio, and I'm like, man, like, what is going on? And you feel disillusioned, don't you? And, and I know it wasn't just the pandemic. I know for every single one of us, it's been financial, it's been relational, it's been mental health and, or, or mental illness has creeped in, and, and we get kind of turned upside down and disillusioned and everything. But I want to tell you that the church is alive. And I want to tell you that our team is stronger now. The team is robust. And so... We, uh, you know, we went out of 86 Sundays and we had to find another church that would be welcome us into their building because we, because the Toronto school board, we couldn't rent from the school board. And even when churches were opening, the school board wouldn't let outside permits in to protect the students and the teachers and stuff. So we found this church that was 30 minutes away from where we normally meet. We're right downtown in Toronto, but this was out near the airport. And we met at 4 p.m. on Sunday in this auditorium. And it was a blessing. It was, but it was was still hard. It was 4 p.m. It was, wasn't the normal time that we were at. And then we finally, you know, moved out of there last November. Uh, we were in there last November. We finally moved out of there only 10 weeks ago. So for the last 10 Sundays, we have been in the, in the morning time back downtown. Praise God. 
without wear, having to wear masks and, and being in the room. And that's been our pandemic journey. But I want to tell you, I want to tell you that the pandemic has taught us to play it safe. You know, the pandemic has taught us to isolate. The pandemic has taught us to sanitize everything, even your spirit, even your soul. The pandemic has taught us to have, you know, I stay distant from anything of risk. Somebody say risk. The pandemic has literally taught us to be opposite of what the Bible teaches a Christian needs to be. Christians in the Bible are called to risk. You are called to step out. You're called to flex, risk, and courage. It takes faith. Somebody say faith. It does. And Matthew 26 is a story where a woman risked everything for the sake of worship. And that's what you're doing right now. In Vision Builders, I really believe that this is the year that not only is over a million dollars in Powerhouse gonna be pledged, but over a million dollars is gonna be fulfilled and given. Let's over exceed our expectations this year as a church. You're saying to yourself, Sam, I think what you're telling me is a little bit irrational. It's funny that you would say that because today's message is called Irrational Love. Irrational love. And so Matthew 26 says this, this woman, and you would know the story if you've been in church for more than a heartbeat. While Jesus was in Bethany, in the home of Simon the leper, a woman came in with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume, something costly, which she poured out on the head as he was, and this was Jesus, as he was reclining at the table. So this is this is Jesus kind of relaxing. It would have been a really awkward, irrational moment. Amen. And when you give and when you come down the front today, it's going to be irrational. It's going to be different. It's going to be uncomfortable. And it needs to be uncomfortable. Worship should feel uncomfortable at times. And that's why I say the pandemic has taught us to be comfortable, to play it safe. But let's get uncomfortable again as a church. The kingdom is not sanitized. The perfume could have been sold for a high price and the money given to the poor. Aware of this, Jesus said to them, why are you bothering this woman? As she has done a be beautiful thing. Actually, I forgot verse eight. When the disciples saw this, they were indignant and they said, why the waste? Somebody say waste. If you're watching online in the chat, type waste. I wanna to suggest to you that we need to get a little wasted in our worship. Let's get wasted for Jesus today. Why the waste? Where are this? Jesus said to them, why are you bothering this woman? She has done a beautiful thing to me. And there's a beautiful thing that's happening in church every Sunday here. Beautiful thing. The poor you will always have with you. He's saying, he's saying they, th these scenarios always exist and you can always give to the poor. But what he's saying is the opportunity that she took a hold of, you, you missed out of. There was an opportunity in this moment. The poor are always around, but this is the opportunity. When she poured this perfume out, verse 12, on my body, what she, she did it in preparation for my burial. Truly, I tell you, wherever this gospel, this is the gospel. What? Wherever this gospel is preached throughout the whole world and in Malulaba. There, I got it right that time. Somebody gives God some praise. Amen. <laughs> What she has done will be told in memory of her. Amazing. Imagine if she didn't do this. Imagine if she didn't act in this way. This story would have never been written. It would have never been told. And even I imagine she's sitting up in heaven and she's listening to this message right now going, I cannot believe that they're still talking about it. They're still talking about it in Malulabai and wherever. If you're watching in Toronto, hello, welcome. Uh, so... 
And it's amazing, and, and we got to kind of get irrational again for Jesus. When my son was two years old, we have these things um, my, that my wife bought, and I didn't know really what was going on because I'd never seen them before. Has anyone seen those sage diffusers? Anyone got a diffuser in your house? They're those things, they're kind of like witchcraft. You put like a little bit of oil in there, and you know, you got to pray, pray the demons out of it and everything. But but so the, the eucalyptus in there and my son, these little glass bottles, he, he, when he was two, he knocked it off the counter in our bathroom and broke the eucalyptus bottle. And we, we, our bathroom smelled like Australia for like, for like years after that. It was still like, you know, and, and this is, so it was like the, the breaking of the oil, everybody smelt it. It didn't matter who was the one that did it. It's like everyone in the room benefited from that. And there is an aroma that comes out of the faith that's potent in this house. And, and I'm telling you, it's a spirit of worship. It's a spirit of irrational love. It's a spirit of faith. And we can't lose this spirit of faith, church, I'm telling you. It doesn't matter what age we are. It doesn't matter how young we are, how old we are. We are all called to worship and lean in with an irrational love before Jesus. And the aroma of faith that permeates the land from this place, people that don't know Christ will feel the faith of this. I'm telling you, it's real. When we lean in this way, it's not just the thing. It doesn't just impact you. It, 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 it's a sound. Thessalonians says that there was a sound that came from the Thessalonian church and, and, it, and, it, and it verberated out. And, 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 and also the, the, the feeling of that perfume would have made the religious people in the room uncomfortable because they, they were challenged and they questioned themselves, would I do that? And we don't look at what everybody's going to be giving. Like when you're coming down the front, this is private worship between you and God. But I know that the way you and I give today, I know that it's going to make some, the religious spirits uncomfortable because you are that full of faith. Because you and I lean in in that way. Why? Because we believe there is somebody outside this room that needs the aroma of faith, that needs what's going to happen. And the world will see that there will be generations to come that will look at the location started from C3 Powerhouse. There will be generations to come that will not know to thank you. But they will feel they will be the recipient of the smell of the aroma of worship that comes from this place. It's the essence of who we are. They won't know that it's because you gave on this Sunday, June 19th in 2022. They won't know to thank you because they are doing youth ministry and, and, and kids are getting off drugs and giving their lives to Jesus because you lent in and gave. But God sees it. He knows and He will use it. And it's like we can use our money for temporal things or we can use our money and it can influence eternity. I know there's an impact of your dollars and cents that's practical for the day-to-day, -day, the month-to-month, -month, and the week-to-week, -week, but I also know that what matters more is how your finances influence eternity. And that's that thing of like, this gospel will be preached. This gospel will be preached. This gospel will be preached in 2022. Are you kidding me? She never knew this. Number one, God is calling us to irrational love. God is calling us to irrational love. Love when you're in love, you do crazy things. You know, on Valentine's Day, you see people carrying around big stuffed bears and things, and it's like 
people that wouldn't normally do that because of love, you do crazy things. When I fell in love with Jess, her family told me that they were going to move to the Gold Coast for different reasons, and I didn't want to have a long-distance relationship, and we weren't even engaged at that point. So I moved, and I got involved at C3 Corumban, and I got under the ministry there when Pastor Eric Harrison was leading there, and now Dan Goro's leading there. Moved there, and a lot of people said to me, man, you're crazy. How do you even, you're doing this for a relationship, but I just knew that I was going to marry this girl. And so, so I moved to Queensland in my 1988 Toyota Camry wagon. It barely made it. I nearly had to get out and like run. That's how crazy in love. But love, see, what, it, what looks irrational to the person who's outside of the context of that relationship, it's normal for the person in that relationship. You are in a love affair with Jesus Christ. You absolutely love and adore your Savior in heaven and you, would do any, you and I would do anything and people that aren't in the context of how you see and how you love Jesus, they might think that the way you express your worship, the way you serve here on Sunday, the way you step out in church and the way you lean in in church and they're like, man, you clap your hands for Jesus, you shout for Jesus, you raise your arms and you give in that way and, and your family members might see the way you conduct your economy and they think, man, that's silly, that's crazy, that's it's irrational and you're like thank you thank you I like to look like a fool for Jesus it's crazy to plant a church in Toronto we moved with six other people and you know I felt so intimidated and so so pressured by the enemy to actually land in downtown Toronto and start a church and a lot of people said we were crazy but I want to live crazy for Jesus and I know you do too. I know, I feel the anointing in the room, the anointing of faith here, Pastor John and Danielle, it's absolutely potent. You know, and I know that there's sometimes that we can take a little bit of the crazy pedal off for Jesus. We can take a bit of the, we can back off the irrational gas. But I'm asking you out of the pandemic, maybe you want to lean in again. Maybe you want to, you can't outgive God. And I believe God is speaking to you. You only need to be obedient to Him. You don't need to do anything more than what He is asking you to do. But if He is asking you to do it, see with eyes of faith and lean in and be obedient. 1 Corinthians 4 verse 10, Paul says this, our dedication to Christ makes us look like fools. We're irrational. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 27 says, but God chose the foolish things of the world, aka C3 Powerhouse to shame the wise, the people who think, nah, this is the way we should do it. Calculate the taxes. This is the way we should, nah, you shouldn't tithe. You shouldn't, you know, you know. No, the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. What looks crazy to the world is completely rational to the kingdom. Let me say that again. What looks crazy to the world is completely rational in God's eyes. We were really believing to buy a building in downtown Toronto and it's, we've been on our vision builders journey for quite some time. This is the building we actually purchased during the pandemic, which is like crazy, 700 hours of prayer. It's gonna come up, 700 hours of prayer uh, where we would pray. So what this is, these two buildings side by side, this, this brown one here, I hope you can see this online and the, and the red one side by side. Um, so this is all broken out like band studios, like little worship, uh, not worship studios, Little band studios, oh, places of worship, sure. Um, so, um, so we would rent this when we first started because we didn't have anywhere for our worship team to practice. So there would be the smell of marijuana all through there, everyone smoking weed. And we would be in there, we would pray from 7 to 8 p.m. on Thursday, corporate prayer, and then we would worship rehearsal for five years. We met the building, people loved us, everybody, whatever. And then a couple of years ago, this building, part of a nine-building portfolio came up for sale. 
And it was $13 million. And we're like, there is no way that that is possible for us to do. We had some, we had some money in the bank. And then I, and there was other buildings that were a bit cheaper that we could go for that were way out of where, and I just couldn't believe that we had such a history and a heritage in this space and that this wasn't God's will for our church. And as I was praying to God, because they were wanted to sell both of these buildings together and we could only really afford the smaller one, the brown one, and, uh, and they wouldn't separate the deal, the transaction. I felt God just say, listen, this building is yours. And so I pitched to the board. I said, board, I know this is not normal, but what if we bought both buildings and then just sold the red one straight away? And because the property market in Toronto is great and, you know, we submitted it to authority and everything. And long story short, the moment we started walking out, someone came to us and said, hey, I see what you're trying to do. And they're like, what is the difference of the deposit that you need in order to qualify for an $8 million loan on this $13 million transaction? And I said, oh, it's $1.2 million. After we had decided to start stepping out in faith, that person said, consider it done. <laughs> what? What? Sure enough, the next month, $1.2 million was deposited into the account. Now we, we've currently rent, we've leased out, um, you know, trying to be good stewards, we've leased out the red side and we're believing for zoning and there's a whole big deal, there's stories way too long to tell. Um, and we're renovating the smaller one, we're turning that into like a midweek uh, space for youth and everything. But praise God that God works in the irrational. I love it. In the middle of a pandemic, at the beginning of a pandemic, C3 Powerhouse decides to launch a location in Melbourne. That's irrational. That's why I know it's in the DNA of this house. It's here. You're it. And you're going to be, your story, the story is going to be told for generations to come. Number two, it's irrational that God would choose us. It's irrational that God, as we said, we come from Gippsland. I come from a town called Terelgan. It's irrational that God would choose you. We always discount ourselves. If you're here in this room and you're like, you know, you might feel church planning on your spirit. You might feel to do something great for God in your life. You know, the way you conduct your business, do it in a godly way. And you might think it's irrational that God would use my construction company in this way, the way you're believing. Believe in that way. It is irrational and that's why it's gonna work. And it is irrational that God would choose you. There are many reasons why God should choose someone else, but He chooses you. I come from Terogan and the uh, Aboriginal Meaning for Tarogan is river of little fish. And it's like the town's identity is that only little fish come from Tarogan. And I've always felt like a little fish in my life. I've never felt like someone I come from, I don't come from a minister's family. My dad is a plumber by trade, amazing dad. And, uh, and you know, it's just my identity. I'm quite average in everything. I thought I was six foot tall. I'm actually five foot 11 when I got immigration to Canada. They officially measure you and I got the official measurement. A five foot 11. <laughs> Talk about a humbling day. And I'm so shocked that God uses me and us and Josh, my bodyguard, who's actually the biggest teddy bear you'll ever know. But uh, isn't it crazy what God has done through our team and through our church? It really is irrational. We are a bunch of ordinary people that believe God in extraordinary ways. 2 Corinthians 12 verse 9 says, My power is made perfect in weakness. So you might feel like that there's a gap between what you believe you can do today and what God's asking you to do. That gap is faith. Go for it. 
believe, lean in. You might have already worked out your commitment amount. Well, I want to ask Holy Spirit if you would speak and maybe that you want to stretch and, 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 and be a little bit what might seem to other people as irrational on that amount. And I'm not telling, listen, when I say irrational, I'm not telling you to crank up credit card debt for vision builders. That's not what I'm saying. Make sure that you hear me clearly. I'm telling you that when we're obedient to Jesus by the way he asks us to step out, there has to be a faith gap. If it's done in our own strength and our own means and we don't need God, then it's not God. Amen, amen. So it's irrational that God would choose her. She was actually a prostitute. And what this perfume would typically be used for, what prostitutes would use this perfume for, is they would actually, it was meant to be the anointment oil for the wedding night. A virgin would keep this, this, this alabaster jar and keep it for the wedding night. This covenant thing. And unfortunately, what would happen is, due to different circumstances, is sometimes women would turn to prostitution and they would use the thing that was meant for covenant, the thing that was meant for its purpose, and they would use it to, to lure clients in and, and they would anoint. The, and, I, and I just see her repenting and coming before Jesus and seeing her life and the mistakes that she had made. And, and she has an opportunity to sell it and, make, and have a lot of money and try and build up her own life. So she could have sold the bottle of perfume and she could have tried to take control of her own destiny. But instead of doing that, she, tried to, she poured out her testimony before Jesus. She said, Jesus, in a way she was saying, I've made mistakes with this thing, but I'm going to break it out over you. And I'm going to trust you in my shortcomings. I'm going to trust you with my destiny. And then Jesus says, her story, her story, this prostitute story, this broken, busted story, is the thing, this is the gospel. It is the gospel that God would use you for His covenant purposes, regardless of what you have done, regardless of the life that you've messed up, regardless of the mistakes that you have made. It is irrational that God would use you and I. It is irrational. No matter how perfect you think you are, it is irrational that God would use us. He doesn't have to, He's God but he loves to, he wants to, and he really leaning into your life. And I wanna give you, an, at the end of this service, you're gonna have an opportunity to respond and to give your heart to Jesus in that way. Doesn't matter what your past has been, even watching online, doesn't matter what your past has been. I say that like watching online is a bad thing. <laughs> you're gonna have an opportunity to give your life to Christ, amen. Number three, and I'm gonna get the keys up if that's okay. Obedience always costs something. In the kingdom, it was a high price. It was a high price. Let's not be the people that when we give, it doesn't really, it doesn't hurt. Obedience hurts. Stepping out and launching a church in Toronto and, and the stories that we've gone through. And as I said, I'm only 37. I'm only kind of 10 years into this. But man, it just, obedience hurts. But this is, this is, True worship. This is, this is, and it's hard. You know, you know when you step out in obedience before in your own journey with God, people have been Christians for longer than a few weeks. And you've stepped out before and you're like, man, I remember how I used to step out in bold, audacious faith. And that was a challenging season. And sometimes we step out and things don't work out the way we originally thought it was going to work out. And it seems like there's like, well, I've just thought that if we give in a massive way that all of a sudden blessing just flows. Sometimes it doesn't work like that if we're like, let's be really honest and authentic. So we were, we, we were a couple of years ago really believing for an extravagant giving and we wanted to give, my wife and I, we, we flipped properties on the side and, uh, and 
we wanted to give over $50,000 and this was like massive for us, you know, just through the profit and we, need, we needed to sell this house and so we were trying to sell this house and the property market was booming and it was like a no-brainer. Then all of a sudden, when we finally got our house ready, we were selling it to like give in this thing and, and, and the property market like just turned and, and people weren't buying and our house was sitting there and there's all these other houses selling around our house, but for some reason our house wasn't selling. And we were really frustrated and then this guy made an offer and it wasn't what we really wanted and it wasn't what we were able to, if, if we sold the house to him, we weren't going to be able to commit, fulfill this amount. And so we, we said yes and we signed the contract and we were confused and a little bit disillusioned in this moment thinking, hang on a second, this, is what, this isn't the way that God told me it was going to work out. And so, you know, he, the way it works in Toronto is they, they bring in these offers and sometimes it's condition free and it was a $100,000 deposit on this home. And the guy just didn't give us the deposit. A week went by, two weeks went by, three weeks went by and we were calling his realtor trying to get the deposit and he didn't come through. And he wanted to bail on the transaction and it all fell through. And this was weird because everybody else was selling their houses. And we're like, what are we cursed or something? This is meant to be like something that we're stepping out in for God. So we would take it to prayer and we were confused. And then, so it never came through and my lawyer was saying, hey, listen, you're entitled to that $100,000. You need to sue him and you need to go through a court thing and it's in the pandemic. So it's like the court proceedings would have went on and on and on. Anyway, long story short is we decided, we felt from God to just release him of it. So we signed the thing. We're like, we're going to release you. So not only were we not selling a house, we also gave up a $100,000 deposit. And so we're sitting there and Jess and I are just like, man, we are so confused. I don't know. And it was weird. So we airbeat and beat our house out for like a, like a month long-term stay to just buy us some time. We put it back on the market and we were really believing again. So this, that we have this painter, this artist in our church and she prays over her paintings when she does it. And her name's Claire and she, we, we staged our house with these paintings. Long story short, a buyer came in in, in a week she saw this painting and she felt something from, she's not a Christian and she felt something that was kind of like outside herself call her to this house and her name was Claire, the buyer. And when she saw this painting that was anointed that through prayer, she said, I, I really believe I want to buy this house. And she paid us $100,000 more than what the previous guy had done the offer. So God redeemed that amount. So we gave her the painting. We said, we, we asked the artist, can we give you the painting? And she, she let us give the buyer the painting and she was crying and, you know, we're trying to talk to her and see if she'll come to church. And that story I don't believe is complete. I want to tell you that just sometimes when you trust God, it doesn't always seem to work out. But faith always makes sense in the rear vision mirror. Faith always makes sense looking back. So let's step out in an irrational way today. And I know that as the service closes, Pastor John and Danielle are going to give you instructions on how to move forward in that. But I tell you, don't lose hold of this irrational love moment. Lean in. Change your amount. Trust God. Let's fulfill over a million dollars this year. Let's be irrational. Be who you're called to be in God. If you feel uncomfortable right now, that's exactly how faith makes us feel. And it's okay. You embrace it. The Bible says we don't give uh, from manipulation under compulsion. And that's not what this is. This is a breaking of our alabaster jar. This is a pouring out before God and seeing what he will do through the story of this amazing church. Amen. Listen, bow your head and close your eyes. Do you know why we give in this way irrationally? 
is because when Jesus died on a cross and his body was poured out, his body was poured out like that alabaster jar. Jesus poured out in an irrational way for you and I. He poured himself out on the cross. And that's why we give is because for God so loved you that he gave. We always do everything in response to him. And I wanna ask you before you give financially that you would give your life whether you're watching online and you've never made a decision to give your life to Jesus or you're in this room and you've never made a decision to give your life to Jesus, it is the most important decision that you and I will ever make. Make that decision today. Jesus died on a cross for you. He created you. He he knows your life and he doesn't want you to do life without him. Maybe you have once made a decision for this but you've walked away from God and you know today is the day that you wanna rededicate your life. If you're watching online or in the room, you're like, yes, that's me. I have actually departed a little bit from God and it doesn't matter the reasons why, but you want a redemption story and you wanna give your life to Jesus, recommit your life to Jesus. And if that's you in this room, I'm gonna pray a prayer with you. I'm not gonna ask you to come to the front. We're not gonna put a spotlight on you. This is between you and God. But with every head bowed and every eye closed in a moment, I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand. And if you're watching online and people can't see you there anyway, but you're gonna click the I raise my hand button in the comments section. So if you're here in the room or if you're watching online with every head bowed and every eye closed, respecting each other's privacy, I want you to respond and say, yes, that's me. I wanna give my life to Jesus for the first time or I wanna rededicate my life to Christ. If that's you, raise your hand right now. Are you in this room? Who's making a decision to follow Jesus today? And if you're watching online, you just click the I raise my hand button. Is there anybody here in this place? Today is the day. This might be your first Sunday to church and you can't believe you're making a decision like this on a day where we're talking about finances. But today is your day. God is pouring out in an irrational way to you. Will you give your life to Jesus? Is there anybody that wants to recommit their life to Christ? You just raise your hand. Nobody's looking around. Thank you, Jesus. Awesome. Awesome, why don't you just stand to your feet, church? Just, we're just gonna close out in prayer here right now. And we're gonna stand with the people that responded online. And maybe there's someone in the room and you know in your heart that's you and you're gonna pray this prayer. So let's just pray this prayer with me. Say, dear Jesus, I thank you that you died on a cross for me in an irrational way. And I thank you that you created me and I respond for salvation. And I thank you that I am saved and make you my Lord and Savior from this moment on, in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Come on, give the Lord some praise. Amen. 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 All right, one last prayer. And who am I, who am I giving it to? Pastor Danielle. Just close your eyes and open your hearts. Father, we respond to you. We're leaning in. This is a moment of worship. So these amounts that you're talking to us, Lord, they make us a little uncomfortable. Oh, but Jesus, would you use us in an irrational way? Oh, would you plant more churches through us? Oh, would more lives be saved off drugs, away from abusive relationships and healed, redeemed stories across Queensland, across Australia and beyond? Lord, that's the spirit of this house. We want to be foolish for Jesus.
in the most beautiful way. Everybody said, amen. Thanks, Pastor Danielle.